On the resurrection morning When all the dead in Christ shall rise I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Eternal soul In weakness, raised in power Ready to live in paradise I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed of God Never there stand There'll be no more sorrow No, no more pain There'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In of his likeness Ready to live in glory I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise, Praise the Lord I'll have a new life Eternal Free From every imperfection Youthful and happy I shall be Lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never stand There'll be no more sorrow No more pain There'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness Of my sickness Ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Trump of God shall sound. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal grace. All bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With reading, no understand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sickness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. Hey, I'm your host, Bruce Kessler, and I just want to let you know I'm part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in him alone I find peace, joy, forgiveness, happiness. I'm blessed beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about the subject of Christmas. That's right, the subject of Christmas. But before we get there, we got a few things along the way. And the first is headline news. Right, friend, get this. A new LifeWay research survey shows that few Americans can accurately tell the biblical account of Christmas. How about them apples, folks? 
Americans may celebrate the Christmas holiday in many different ways, but very few skip a Christmas celebration completely, Scott McConnell said of LifeWay Research. Even many of those who aren't as familiar with the story of Jesus' birth find ways to observe the holiday. The survey also found that women, 94%, are more likely than men, 89%, to celebrate Christmas. How about that, folks? While most Americans take part in annual Christmas festivities, only a few of them can give an accurate account of Jesus' birth from memory. While fictional Christmas stories seem to multiply every year, the biblical account of Jesus Christ's birth is unchanged since it was recorded in the Bible. Yet almost half of Americans do not think they could share the Christmas story somewhat accurately from memory. Of all the Christmas programs churches offer in December, possibly the most important is just simply reading the biblical account of the Christmas story itself. <laughs> what about you, friend? Think about that for a moment. Could you give an accurate account of the birth of Jesus? Hmm. Only 22% of Americans can retell the biblical Christmas story. Survey finds. <laughs> Oh my, oh my, folks. Well, get this. You won't believe it. One of the world's most prominent atheists has sided with Christians and traditionalists in the debate over gender by asking his followers to sign a document that declares the meaning of the word woman should not be changed to include men. Richard Dawkins, a well-known atheist and biologist, and the author of The God Delusion tweeted a link to the Declaration on Women's Sex-Based Rights, which was launched by a United Kingdom group that believes replacing sex with gender identity would result in discrimination against women and girls. Please sign the Declaration on Women's Sex-Based Rights. I have just done so, Dawkins tweeted that same day. Dawkins retreated a link to a story criticizing the International Olympic Committee for dropping the requirement that transgender women, that is, biological men who identify as females, suppress testosterone levels in their blood. Can you believe they dropped that? Men cannot become women, the declaration says. The document also says there is no objective scientific evidence that children are born transgender. Government should make clear, the declaration says, that the word woman references only biological women. The meaning of the word woman shall not be changed to include men. It says, there you go. Can you believe it, folks? Atheist Richard Dawkins sides with Christians in transgender debate. It's discrimination against women. My, oh, my, folks. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Well, get this. The viral Bible-based series, The Chosen, broke another record for its new theatrical film on Thursday, 
when it became the best-selling movie in the history of Fathom Events, its distributor. How about that, folks? Christmas with the Chosen, the Messengers, topped over $8 million in sales. The record for the company, founded 17 years ago in 2004, Christmas with the Chosen previously broke the Fathom record for out-of-the-gate ticket sales during the first 12 hours. The film was originally slated for only two nights, but once ticket sales soared, it expanded to 10 nights and now will play through December the 10th. We don't, want, we don't do this for the numbers, said Dallas Jenkins, the creator, writer, and director of The Chosen. But these records indicate people will indeed go to the theater for a project they're passionate about. Get that, folks. The chosen Christmas film smashes all-time Fathom record with $8 million in ticket sales. Can you believe that? Mm. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now, folks, this day in church history. A Hymn with Feeling in 1777. John Ryland was a Baptist minister of the late 18th and early 19th centuries. His father taught him Hebrew and Greek as a child, and John made a personal translation of the New Testament when he was just 18 years of age. By then, he had already been preaching for three years in Northampton and nearby villages. He was a member of the group that formed the mission that sent William Carey to India. Ryland wrote several hymns, some of which were popular in their day. His own favorite was written on this day in 1777 of December, when he was about 24 years old. He later would say, I recollect deeper feelings of mine in composing this hymn than perhaps I ever felt in making any other. Here are two of the seven stanzas. O Lord, I will delight in thee, and on thy care depend. In thee and every trouble flee, my best, my only friend. No good in creatures can be found, but may be found in thee. I must have all things and abound, while God is God to me. And that's this day in church history. And now, folks, we have a little bit of fun with Name That Bible Character. Hey, 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 hey. 
Here is your clue. I am the name of Joseph's hometown. What town am I? Here is your clue one more time. I am the name of Joseph's hometown. What town am I? We'll reveal the final answer to that tantalizing clue following our study segment. So stay tuned for that exciting reveal in our final segment of Name That Bible Character. And now, folks, we have a, our study. So get you a cup of coffee. I have mine right here with me. Or get you a cold drink, pull up a chair, get your Bible. And let's open up God's fantastic and powerful word. Join me with Evangelist Michael McCorkle as he discusses the topic of Christmas. Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year, the song tells us. Actually, Christmas is an extremely popular holiday in the United States and around the world. It is a time when people think a lot about giving and a lot about receiving. People think a lot about spending time with family. And some people think a lot about Jesus Christ. You see, in America, Christmas is a very secular celebration. Yet, originally, it was a celebration on December 25th of the birth of Jesus Christ. As I mentioned, here in America, most of the people who celebrate Christmas today celebrate it as a secular holiday. It's just a time to be with family and friends, to buy gifts, to enjoy one another's company and good food. Yet, there are many churches that the place of Christmas plays a very important role in those churches. They have Christmas plays and Christmas festivities, Christmas parties and Christmas trees. There's so many things involved in their celebration of Christmas. Some of them get extremely elaborate with flying angels and camels actually on stage at their churches having this great celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Well, Bruce has asked me to talk a little bit today about Christmas, and what I'd like to do is spend just a few minutes with you talking about what the Bible actually says, not about what history tells us, not about how it drives our economy or attitudes we should have about Christmas, but rather what do we actually know about the birth of Jesus Christ and how should that impact us as Christians. The first thing I want to mention is that there are many, many ideas about Christmas and the birth of Jesus that are just myths or legends that have been developed more from the songs about Christmas than really from the Bible story of the birth of Jesus. There are four Gospels that tell the life of Jesus, yet of those four Gospels, two of them don't even mention the birth of Jesus directly. They don't tell any stories about it. John just merely says that uh, the Word, being Jesus Christ, the Word was made flesh, and doesn't give us a description. Neither does Mark. Matthew and Luke both give us descriptions. Luke's is the most detailed of the descriptions. 
But in none of the Bible narratives do you find December 25th, because the truth is, we just don't know when Jesus was born. Not only don't we know the day, we don't know the month, and not only don't we know the month, we don't actually know what year Jesus Christ was born. We know close. We can make wise, educated guesses. But the truth is, the Bible just doesn't tell us. The Bible never tells us that there were three wise men. I know you may have heard the songs, We Three Kings. You may have talked with other people about the three wise men. You may have heard stories about that. But the Bible never tells us how many wise men there were. And as far as the Bible narrative goes, there were no talking animals. There was no little drummer boy. There are so many legends that have grown up around the birth of Jesus. But really, the story in the New Testament is a very simple story. It's a story that's told in Matthew and Luke. And it's a story that's not much made of in the rest of the New Testament. In Galatians, Paul mentions that in due season, or in the proper time, that God sent forth His Son, born of a woman. But that's about the extent of the mention of the birth of Christ in the rest of the New Testament. Seems odd that something that receives such little attention in the New Testament would be such a focus of much of Christianity. In fact, there are many people that I've known through the years that basically the only time they ever assemble with the church to worship is on this day of Christmas. Well, what do we know? Well, what we actually know about the birth of Jesus is very limited, but very specific. We know, for instance, that His birth was not His beginning. In John chapter 1 and verse 1, He says, "...in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." In the very beginning, we read the story in Genesis how God said, "...let us make man in our image." This one we knew as Jesus here on this earth didn't begin at the moment of His birth here, but His life was existent forever. In fact, in Micah, He says that this Messiah who was to be born in Bethlehem, He said His goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. So one thing we know about the birth of Jesus is that it was not the beginning of this being we knew as Jesus. As far as the details of the story, we know from Matthew and Luke that Jesus was born to a young lady named Mary. She was a young virgin who was espoused, that's similar to engaged, to a carpenter in Nazareth named Joseph. Now Nazareth was about 90 miles north of Jerusalem. And this young lady lived in Nazareth and was visited by an angel one night. The angel Gabriel came and he told her that she had found favor in the eyes of God and that she would be with child. And she questioned him. She said, how can that be? Because I'm a virgin. I've not been with a man. And he said, it will be a miraculous event. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you and you will become pregnant. And he will be known as the Son of God. He said, also, your cousin Elizabeth is expecting a child. So when this was over, Mary told the angel, 
you know, as God desires, that's that's fine. Do do have God do what He wills with me. And so when this was over, Mary loads up and travels to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Now there with Elizabeth, she arrives and spends some time with Elizabeth. Elizabeth's child, who becomes John the Baptist, is born, and Mary returns home to Joseph. When she returns home now, she's been gone six months or so, and she is great with child. She's expecting the baby Jesus. Now when she left, as far as Joseph knew, she wasn't pregnant. Joseph knew that she was still a virgin. She and he hadn't been together. And when she comes back, she's pregnant. Joseph is heartbroken. Can you imagine the sorrow that would have filled his heart? You know, back then they didn't have cell phones and video calls. And there wasn't any way to talk to her every night to check in. He didn't know what she'd been doing for six months. And then, when he goes to her, he sees that she's pregnant, and he says, What is this? And her answer would have been, Well, it's a miracle from God. I've not been with anyone. Do you think anyone would believe that story? Joseph didn't. In fact, the Bible says that Joseph was just, and that he was minded to put her away privately. That means he was going to divorce her, but he wasn't going to make a big deal out of it publicly. He wasn't going to try to humiliate her. He was just heartbroken and going to move on. But we find that night an angel of the Lord visited Joseph. And he told Joseph that what Mary had said was true, that she was still a virgin, that she had not been unfaithful to him, but that she had a child of the Holy Spirit, and that this would be the child of the Son of God. Well, Joseph, just as Mary did, humbly submitted himself to the will of God. About this time, we find that it was called for by Caesar Augustus that all the people in the world who were under the rule of Caesar were to be taxed. And so they were going to have a census, and the requirement was that you went back to the town of your ancestry. Now that town for Joseph was the town of Bethlehem, just outside of Jerusalem. So he and Mary took off and went to this little town of Bethlehem. The Bible tells us that when they arrived, there was no room in the local hotel. There was nowhere for them to stay. So. She was at that time ready to give birth, and so when she gave birth, there was nowhere for her to be other than in basically a barn. We know that there was a manger, which is a trough that you feed animals in, and she wrapped the baby up in some cloth, and she laid the baby, Jesus, in that feeding trough for the animals. We know that when that happened, some angels proclaimed to shepherds who were out in the field that this day in the city of David is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We know that from the day of His birth, He was the Savior. From the day of His birth, He was the Christ. From the day of His birth, He was the Lord. We know that these shepherds went and worshipped Him. We also know that there were wise men who had followed a star, and this star eventually led them to Bethlehem where Jesus was, and they worshipped Him and brought Him gifts.
We know that Herod, who was king at the time, had asked the wise men to bring him word of where this baby who was supposed to be king of the Jews was so he could go worship him. But Herod really didn't want to worship Jesus. Herod wanted to kill him because he saw this as a threat to his throne. Well, an angel comes and warns Joseph in a dream. And so Joseph leaves, takes his young wife and this baby, and they go all the way down to Egypt. And the first part of Jesus' life was spent in Egypt. We know that in a desperate attempt to kill Jesus, Herod had all the children two years old and younger killed in this city of Bethlehem. We know very little other than the things that I've just reported to you about the birth of Jesus. You know, Jesus, I believe, is the Son of God. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Yet His birth was not some magnificent ordeal in a palace surrounded by the most important people in the world. But it was a very humble and simple thing. You know, many of the productions that have taken hold in Christian religion today about the birth of Jesus are just that. They're just shows. They're just productions. They're far more elaborate than the actual event itself was. Now, one question that comes up when we talk about Christmas is, should a Christian celebrate Christmas? Well, I believe in Romans 14, he tells us, if you want to celebrate a day, keep a day as holy, that's fine as long as you don't insist other people do it. And if you don't want to keep a day as holy, that's fine as long as you don't insist other people don't keep the day as holy. Just don't judge one another and don't try to get each other to do something you don't think is right. My personal belief about Christmas is that if you want to celebrate December 25th as the birth of Jesus and you want to glorify and praise God that the Savior was born, you're very welcome to do that. If you want to choose to say, you know what, this is just going to be a time of year where we can get together with our family, with our friends, enjoy food and give gifts and celebrate our love for one another, you're certainly welcome to do that too. I don't believe either one of those is a violation of Scripture. Now, one of the things you will notice at many churches, as I said, some churches have the big productions, but other churches, Christmas is just another day of the year as far as that church is concerned. There are no special celebrations in the church. And I actually believe this is most true to the spirit of the New Testament. As I told you earlier, none of the other writers in the New Testament talk much about the birth of Jesus. There's never a hint anywhere in the Bible that God expected, asked, requested, or commanded anyone to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Not that it's wrong if you personally want to do it, but the church was never commanded to celebrate the birth of Jesus. You know what we were commanded? We were commanded every week to commemorate the death of Jesus to commemorate it in what we call the communion or the Lord's Supper where we take bread and fruit of the vine and we commemorate the sacrifice, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the pivotal event in human history. 
I hope you enjoy this Christmas season and I hope you have a, a way that you can celebrate this that will bring glory to God and draw you closer to Him. And I hope that you and your family will take time during this season to actually read what the Bible says about the birth of Jesus. You can find it in Matthew 1 and Luke chapter 2. Read what the Bible says really happened and embrace that as truth and weed out all of the myths and superstitions and songs that you've heard. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas season. Amen, brother and brother Michael. Thank you. Thank you for that heartwarming and thoughtful study on Christmas. We we all need a, a little bit of dose of, of reality this time of year, I think. Thank you. And let us all remember the wonderful sacrifice of God's one and only Son, Jesus Christ, and His resurrection, because that is the pivotal event, as Michael says. That changes our purpose and direction and hope of an eternal life. Amen, folks. Amen. And glory. Hallelujah. And now, folks, we have the conclusion to name that Bible character. Here was your clue. I am the name of Joseph's hometown. What town am I? Nazareth. That's right, folks. Luke 2, verse 4. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. I am the name of Joseph's hometown. What town am I? Nazareth, and name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, by giving your life over to Him, submitting Him in repentance and baptism, and you'll receive forgiveness, and you'll be blessed beyond measure, more than you can ever deserve. My goal here was very simple. That was to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Visit our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I just want to tell you what a privilege and an honor it's been for me to have you walking along my side during this show. May God bless you. No palace, no jewels, no kingdom to rule, no crown of majesty, no throne and no robe, no silver, no gold, no courts of royalty. Yet the King of kings left heaven to become a lowly man. He left all heaven's glory to fulfill his Father's plan. He still came just for me. He still came. No 
Bearing every cause From the manger to the cross He still came just for me He still came No family, no friends To help at the end No out, no substitute Much pain and much hurt To give love and worth He bore our sins and grief Yet the hope of what He offered So outweighed what must be done He chose to be my victor And assure my pardon won He still came just for me He still came Knowing all He would endure He still came Disregarding every cause From the manger to the cross He still came just for me He still came He still came just for me He still came